because after 52 years, the St. Louis Blues have won the Stanley Cup. 52 is all you need to remember. 52 years and the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Hi, I'm Thomas Vesio and alongside me is Andrew Flager and this is the N10 Puck Talk Podcast, episode number 17, being recorded on June 13th. I didn't forget this time. Um, Flager, we have a Stanley Cup champion. It's a St. Louis Blues. How do you feel about this? I feel pretty good because that means I won Battle of the Buds. For a second time now, I won the regular season Battle of the Buds and the playoff Battle of the Buds. And I also won uh, my nice little bet on the St. Louis Blues to win the Stanley Cup final at plus 140 odds. I won about two and a half units, so I was pretty stoked about that. I don't know if you heard, Thomas, but I tweeted it on Twitter. Um, A guy named... One sec, I just need to pull up the name here quickly. Yeah, go ahead. I did hear about this, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Scott Barry. Yeah. Uh, he went on trip to Vegas uh, back in January when the St. Louis Blues were in last place in the NHL. And he didn't have any time. It, this trip was for work. It was a like a, a work trip or whatever. He didn't have any time to actually go to the casino and play any slots or play any card games or anything like that. So he thought, what could I do before I leave Vegas to call myself a degenerate? So what he did was he went to um, the sports book in Vegas. I think it's called Paris. And he put $400 to win on St. Louis to win the Stanley Cup, which would have paid out $100,000. The odds were plus 250, I believe. So uh, here we are about (laughs) how many months later? Four months later, and he's up $100,000. He had multiple chances to hedge his bet. I know people were offering him like $40,000, like I think $35,000 for his ticket, um, which would have obviously relieved him from stress if he ended up selling the ticket but he stood by his bet and now here he is up a hundred thousand dollars later so honestly that was pretty interesting that tweet by the way blew up i got like a couple hundred or favorites and retweets on it so um i just want to say something about about that honestly like i'm not surprised it's more like they won the stand they were in last place and they won the stanley cup i'm surprised it's not more than a hundred thousand dollars but well if, if you think though the odds were what plus 250 something like that he yeah. only put four hundred dollars on it, and he just turned four hundred dollars into a hundred thousand. So that's that's pretty yeah. good. No if you think of it that way, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well. So shout okay. out to him. Yeah. Um. I guess we'll start talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we missed Game Six that happened on Sunday night. Uh, the Bruins. Let's get into it already. Uh, the Bruins killed the Blues on home ice uh, once again. It was a five-one game. The Bruins won. And they obviously forced the seventh game. Um, do you want to read through the stats or do you want me to? It doesn't matter. You go for it. All right. Uh, the Bruins held the Blues uh, through two periods without a without a goal against, which is very uh, great skill they have shown throughout the whole playoffs with their defensive core, led by Zidane Char, Charlie McAvoy, Tori Krug, and uh, Brandon Carlo. Uh, Marchand scored on the power play, which is nice. Um, he, was hold, he was held without an even strength point in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, since 2011, which is incredible and kind of a weird stat. He's been in the finals three times, uh, but he got an assist later in the game, which um, made that, I guess, made that stat go away. Um, Carlo, Kuhlman, Pasternak, and Chara all scored in the third period for the Boston Bruins. And thus, Zdeno Chara becomes the oldest defenseman to score in the Stanley Cup finals 
with that empty netter, he sealed the deal for the Boston Bruins there. That's a pretty cool stat. He's an old defenseman, and he deserves a lot of credit in his 21st season as a as an NHL defenseman. So good for Zanino Ochara. And another, um, another good note for the Blues in Game 6, O'Reilly scored in his third straight game. O'Reilly's, uh, well, we'll mention it later, but yeah, he won something in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's pretty uh, close to his heart. So good for Ryan O'Reilly there getting his third straight uh, goal. And then heading into Game 7, uh, a lot of people thought the Bruins were going to kill the Blues. Um, I know a lot of professional analysts were predicting uh, the Bruins to win at home on home soil. But the Blues came out of nowhere. They won 4-1 to one last night over the Boston Bruins to take Lloyd Stanley home. Uh, the narrative of this game was quality over quantity, that's for sure. The Bruins outshot the Blues 23-10 to 10 in the first two periods, despite being down 2 to nothing in those two periods. Uh, the Bruins were better in the face-off circle all game, however. Um, and, but obviously, the Blues yeah. didn't matter because the Blues uh, capitalized on all their chances and ended up pulling through with the W. Uh, the Blues scored in the first period on a Ryan O'Reilly tip from the slot to beat Tuka Rask 5-hole. And then Alex Petrangelo scored with under 10 seconds left in the first period after Brad Marchand went for a weird line change. That was kind of odd, eh, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that was, yeah, it did not look good on Brad Marchand. I know Don Cherry was pissed about that. Kind of like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny, by the way, because Don Cherry predicted before the game, I'm pretty sure he predicted the Bruins to win the game. Yeah, he did. And then <laughs> at first intermission, I don't know if you were watching, but Ron McLean's like, oh, so Blues are up 2-0. Uh, Don, how do you feel? You think the Blues are going to take it? He's like, yeah, yeah, Blues, Blues are going to win this game. <laughs> so it, he kind of changed his prediction pretty quickly. <laughs> and, I mean, he was right on the second prediction. So. Yep, he was. Anyways, back, back to the game here. Uh, then in the third period, the second period was scoreless. Not much uh, action happened. Mm-hmm. Heading into the third period, Braden Shen and Sanford scored two goals to seal the game. Uh, the Blues were first on the puck basically all, all, game, all yeah. the, the entire game, basically, and yeah. they out-hit out Boston 37-28 to and came out with the W in Game 7. Uh, Thomas, you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, honestly, like like, like I said in the beginning, or like you said in the beginning, um, reading that thing, narrative was quality over quantity, and it definitely was because, again, Blues got outshot horribly. But they capitalize on your chances, and when you capitalize on your chances, you're going to probably win the game. Um, the Blues didn't have a power play in this one. There was only one power play in this game. Boston got it. They went 0 for 1, obviously. Um, Grizzlick scored with, I think it was like, what, three minutes left to go uh, to break the shutout on Jordan Bennington. But I got to mention something about Jordan Bennington here. Guy played phenomenal, phenomenal. 32 saves and posting a 970 save percentage. And he also set a record. Um, um, Jordan Bennington set a playoff record for most wins in a single postseason by a rookie goalie with 16 passing the names and uh, the goalies. Matt Murray in 2016, Cam Ward in 2006, Patrick Waugh in 1986, and Ron Hextall in 1987, who all had 15 wins. That's incredible for a guy in his first ever season, to walk on to the NHL roster, the St. Louis Blues, in January, to come out four months later winning the Stanley Cup and probably being the biggest piece of their team besides Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, that's a whole other story in itself. Obviously, uh, the Blues were in last place in January. Now they won the Cup. But the fact that Jordan Bennington came out of nowhere, took over the starting role, and basically he didn't single-handedly 
lead them to the Stanley Cup, but he, he definitely played a big part in, in their uh, Stanley Cup victory. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was um, in the first period, the Blues came out firing. They they were, looked like they wanted it more in the first period. And then uh, all of a sudden, I don't remember who it was, but a, a Blues defenseman shot it over the glass, got a delay of game penalty. And I thought that was going to be the turning point. I thought that was going to ruin the game. I really thought the Bruins were going to capitalize. Uh, but the Blues, man, they like their penalty kill looked pretty good. They played lockdown defense. They killed off that penalty, and then they ended up scoring pretty soon after, which really changed momentum in the game. Um, I don't know if you agree with me, but the Blues really did look like they, they played with more heart last night, I think, um, than the Bruins did. Uh, and back to the, the narrative of the game, quality over quantity, literally, that basically decided the entire game. Like, the Blues exactly. are capitalizing on all their chances. Bruins couldn't capitalize. I know, I think the Bruins had two or three power plays, I believe. I no, don't actually one. remember. Just one. Was it just one in the first period? Yeah, there was one I don't in know the why, whole game. I, I don't know why I thought they got a second one. It's because they've been oh, dominating no, the I'm thinking time. of the I'm thinking of the extra man when they pulled the goalie at the end oh, of the okay, game. True. Yeah. Tech, it wasn't a power play, but they did they were a man up. Um but yeah, quality over quantity. The St. Louis Blues, man, their their defense yeah. really looked amazing. I know heading into the third period, I'm pretty sure um the Bruins had like fifty two shot attempts and they only had twenty three shots on target, right? So mm-hmm. that that just shows a lot that Obviously, the Blues' defense was like they—they they yeah. just really played well. I think that that kind of won them the game. Although the shots, I know the Bruins outshot the, the Blues by a lot, but they definitely and Jordan Bennington—you have to give credit to him as well, as we mentioned—made yeah. uh, a lot of saves. It seemed like if you if you made a drinking game out of that, <laughs> how many times the commentator said Jordan Bennington uh, stopped the puck, you basically would be dead. Like, yeah, you'd probably be hammered. Yeah, you would not be going into work today, this morning. That's for sure. Yeah, and some Blues fans aren't going to work uh, or didn't go to work today. Um, yeah, the Blues, again, 52 years, man. Um, you get, I think when you win the Stanley Cup after you've been in the league for 52 years as a franchise is, you know, you deserve that celebration. And, you know, a team based in Toronto, uh, they haven't won the Cup and it's the longest drought now it's now the longest drought because the Blues took home the Stanley Cup yesterday. Um, I mentioned before uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, has been a big part of the Blues team in the playoffs and throughout the whole season. Uh, he took home the Conn Smythe Award as the playoffs MVP. He recorded 23 points in 26 games, uh, was a plus two, recorded five power play points, two game-winning goals, and was 50% throughout the whole playoffs uh, from the faceoff dot. And a cool stat on this. He's not really a goal scorer in the NHL, uh, Ryan O'Reilly is, but he's the first player with four, uh, with goals in four straight Stanley Cup final games since Wayne Gretzky did it back in 1985. Uh, that's it's pretty cool, Flager. Uh, wh- what do you feel about that stat for Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, like, man, he's joining some pretty uh, big company there. Like, that's, that's impressive. Uh, but Ryan O'Reilly, like, all series, just he was so dominant. Um on both ends of the ice, not only was he scoring goals, but he, that guy like really knows how to play defense. Um, if there's any like kids that listen to our podcast, watch him play. If you haven't um, been watching him in the Stanley cup playoffs, especially because like he, he's a good player to learn from. I like 
I'm just shocked with how good Ryan O'Reilly actually is. Yeah. I never really watched him, to be completely honest. I never watched him much before uh, this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, but I really realized I have a lot of respect for him because he, he knows how to do it all, basically. He's a good leader, too. Yeah, he most definitely is, and he's on the better side of the fence now with the Blues. Um, the Blues' top five point scores this playoffs. Uh, O'Reilly, obviously, in first. Eight goals, 23 points. Schwartz had 12 goals, 20 points. He led the St. Louis Blues in goal scoring this playoffs. Uh, D-man Alexander Petrangelo, captain of the team, had three goals, 19 points. Uh, Tarasenko, 11 goals, 17 points. And David Perron, uh, seven goals, 16 points. And all these players had these points in 26 games uh, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2019. I also have uh, another interesting stat here that John Shannon tweeted out from Sportsnet. Uh, the NHL expanded into six new cities uh, after the original six teams. And the St. Louis Blues are one of those teams. And they were the first of the six new expansion teams to make the Stanley Cup final. But of those expansion teams that are still in existence, they are the last to win the Stanley Cup. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's pretty uh, neat. The other teams that um, joined the league after the original six teams were the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they won the Cup in 1974. The Pittsburgh Penguins won in 1991. And then the Minnesota North Stars slash Dallas Stars won in 1999. Yep. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings won in 2012. And then now St. Louis won in 2019. I thought that was kind of kind of neat how they were the first team to make the Stanley Cup final of those teams, but then the last to actually win the Cup. <laughs> well, yeah, they were the last team to win a game in the Stanley Cup finals, and they won the Cup, obviously, this year as well. That, that's actually a pretty cool stat. Um, I'm not a big fan of John Shannon, but it's, it's a pretty cool stat that yeah, he found there. So uh, Enough I about guess. this. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I feel like we've been talking about the St. Louis Blues a lot. Uh, on Boston ends, however, Yeah. Uh, like Tuka Rask played amazing oh. all Stanley Cup playoffs, except for the last game. There were, like, honestly, not all the goals were his fault. There was maybe one, one or two that maybe he could have had. I mean, you can't do nothing on that tip on, on that first goal. Uh, yeah. I know one of them was like a cross crease, exactly. so you can't can't take all the credit away from him. He played amazing, but I really think the reason that the Boston Bruins lost not only were they did they not look like they were playing with heart last night, but their top players were not their top players. Uh, Brad Marchand in this entire series, uh, he was obviously one of the leading scorers in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but in this series, he only had. Uh, I think like five five points, and he was a minus two, mm-hmm. two goals, three assists, and seven games. So, not terrible, but he, he definitely didn't step up. Sean Corrali kind of came out of nowhere. I believe he plays on the Bruins' third line. Fourth. Four. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Fourth line. He centers the fourth line. Uh, he also had five points, two goals, three assists. He was a plus two. He was one of the Bruins leading forwards in scoring and then obviously Tori Krug when a defenseman is leading your team in scoring in the Stanley Cup um, finals it's not a great sign he had Tori Krug had one goal five assists and six points and he was a minus two in this series against the Blues uh, in seven games yep so I I just believe that if the Bruins top players of David Pasternak Brad Marchand and uh, Patrice Bergeron uh, stepped up. Mm-hmm. I think they easily could have could have had this in the bag. I think. Yeah, same as well. I mean, like, I don't even if their top players were their top players. I don't think we're even in a seventh game because the way they looked in game three, you thought they were just gonna okay, you know, they're gonna pop, they're gonna keep going. 
but in game four they got shut down and then an eventual game six when they're on the ropes they stepped up again but I mean yeah you got to be consistent enough to win the Stanley Cup and Brad Marchand well he was good he wasn't good enough for them to win the Stanley Cup um we're not talking about David Pasternak here but he had a rough stretch how many points did he have uh, I'm actually trying to find his name right now. He's he's not up there in this series against St. Louis Blues. Patrice Bergeron, though, he had four points, uh, one goal, three assists in seven games. Not terrible, again, could be better, but he was a minus four in this series. Yeah, well, And that's shocking because Patrice Bergeron is such a defensively-minded player as well. Yes. Uh, so that, that kind of shocked me a little bit. Oh, David Pasternak, just found him. Two goals, two assists, four points. He was a minus seven. That's rough. Wow. wow. That is rough. Yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but their whole first line was minus. Yes. All yeah, their entire first line was not positive. Yeah. And they, they, and they are... by the way, um, I just wanted to mention quickly that basically half of their points in the series came from on the power play. So if it wasn't for special teams, they wouldn't even have whatever, four or five points in the series. They'd have even less. So so five on five, they're not looking great. Um, Definitely not, especially when Brad Marchand decides to go for a line change when there's an odd yeah. rush down the ice. Well, yeah, I don't know what he was doing there, but um, I wanted to say something about... Oh, yeah, well, I guess you can't really blame the ice last night, but it looked horrible. Uh, yeah, we saw David Pasternak. I, I guess he would have had seven shots on goal the, uh, yesterday night, but... I don't know how many shots on goal he had, but he fanned on the puck five times, and that was due to the puck rolling on the ice, and he just completely whiffed on every shot he had. Um, I think David Pasternak needed to be better in this series. Um, he's probably the faster ones out of Marchand and Bergeron, and he definitely has the best shot probably on that line. Uh, he needs to score more. And again, like you mentioned, like most of their points came on the power play. Um that's not good on the St. Louis Blues because they weren't able to shut them down. They shut them down in Game 7, not getting any penalties and uh, killing off that one power play that the Boston Bruins had. But you need to score more 5-on-5 five five if you want to get the Stanley Cup in your hands and get that parade in your hometown. But yeah, again, uh, the Bruins needed to be better this series. They didn't help Tukarask enough. Tukarask bailed them out a few times there. And I felt kind of felt bad for Chara. I mean... The guy laid it down on the line. He broke his jaw, came back on the bench, didn't play another shift in that game, but he was there as the captain and the leader. Uh, he came back in the lineup and played probably, He played with a broken jaw 100%, and he was there present. You noticed Zane Chara, but again, the points weren't there, and I don't blame him for not getting any points because his uh, D partner, Charlie McAvoy, was there. He didn't get enough points either, but they both played very solid, and Zane Chara looked very good for, <laughs> for a guy who had a broken jaw. I just want to mention, I, I was going to say that um, I guess the majority of the hockey world was probably rooting for the St. Louis Blues because they didn't want to see Boston win another championship. I think that would have been, what, like their fourth or fifth within a year span, something like that. Well, it would have been um, and third in four months or something like that, or like, I don't know, a year. Yeah, I guess, Pete, yeah. Patriots well, no, or... it would have been their fourth or fifth within a year, like, the calendar year, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, um, 
what was I gonna say here? I oh, I was I was talking top. about how uh, the Boston Bruins they had a bunch of core players, right? That um yes. were on their team when they won the cup back in uh, I think it was 2013, 2012, 2013, 2011. 2011? Yes, you're right. You're right because the Kings won the year after. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> as I was saying. Um, there was a bunch of core players like Zidane Chara, for example, Patrice mm-hmm. Bergeron, Brad Marsh, and they were all on that team. They already have a cup. Uh, so majority of the hockey world, I think, didn't really care for the Bruins to win. But then I, I just realized that I guess David Pasternak wasn't a part of that, that core squad, right? So he, he wouldn't have a cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, if he wanted it, he had to step up a little bit more. He's still young, though, so. Maybe he'll win one down the road. I just We're going to get to the Blues, and we have some storylines. We want to talk about the St. Louis Blues, and each player has a unique storyline. But before I get to that, um, Marchand looked um, very distraught yesterday in the interviews and after they lost. Um, that's a guy who wants to win. He, he He's definitely a big part of the Boston uh, sports world there. And he looked very somber in the interviews. And yeah, like I felt bad for Marchand at the time, but I guess I guess the hockey world doesn't care for Brad Marchand because he's been a villain in this league for who knows how long. And he's been doing his antics for who knows how long again. And I guess like people are saying like, oh, he already has a Stanley Cup. Why are you crying? Well, it's pretty hard to get there, man. Like he's got there three times. It's, it's not lucky, but I guess when you get there three times, you know, um, you win one of them out of the two or the three chances and you want to win more, right? And he felt like the Boston Bruins, it was their year. And a lot of people actually did because Tampa Bay was supposed to be the favorite. They were supposed to win the cup this year. And the Boston Bruins surprised everyone by beating the Maple Leafs. They beat the Blue Jackets. They swept the Hurricanes. But in their seventh game at TD Garden, they uh, eventually lost to the Blues. So it's hard to get there and you never know when you're going to get back. But Brad Marchand's definitely a very big competitor and you saw his heart uh, throughout the whole series definitely wasn't the best player but you saw him throughout the whole playoffs putting his heart on the line and he actually put away his antics for most of the finals so good for Brad Marchand but yeah he's a competitor 100% I like watching him play when he's not doing his little antics I think he's a great player uh, and I think even last night though I think he was he was definitely one of the more noticeable Boston Bruins on the ice uh, at least that's what I thought I don't know if you'd agree with me or not I, I know he um, obviously wasn't on the score sheet but I think he he really stood out to me. Well, yeah, he stood uh, out I to also before the line change, right? What's that? He stood out to everyone because the line change, right? So well, yeah. Other than the line change that I'm talking yes. about, like yeah. more on the offensive end, he stood out to me a lot. Um, I want to shout out our our former Toronto Maple Leafs that just won the Stanley Cup: Tyler Bozak, <laughs> Alex Steen, Carl Gunnarsson, and I think that's it, right? Yeah, Tyler that's Bozak, it. Yeah, Steen Gunner- yep, right. Bozak, Steen, Gunnarsson. Yeah. Anyways, have to shout them out because they. I remember when they played on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm pretty sure I met Alex Steen uh, back in the day when he was with the Steen Leafs. Vlad, yeah. When he was actually good, I think he was like a second liner. <laughs> now he's. A, well, I mean, he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong, well, but hey, he's on the fourth good. line now. So he's a Stanley Cup champion. That's all that matters, man. Oh, I know that is that's for sure. Yeah, so I guess we're talking about the former Maple Leafs here. Um, we're gonna start with one. Uh, this segment's gonna be called the storylines for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so we'll start with Carl Gunnarsson, and uh, I guess we'll alternate between players. Uh, this is going in number order of the St. Louis Blues who played in Game Seven at TD Garden last night, and I guess we'll start with number four, Carl Gunnarsson. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson, after facing the painful loss in Game 7 at TD Garden 
back in 2013 with the Maple Leafs, uh, probably the biggest like trauma attack in Maple Leafs history. Uh, Carl Gunnarsson threw that out the window. He threw that thought out the window of losing that Game 7. And he scored the Game 2 OT goal from the point for his first career goal in the postseason and gave the Blues franchise uh, their first ever win in the Stanley Cup Finals. And he went on to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, moving on to number 6, Joel Edmondson. Edmondson was chosen in the 6th round, 121st overall of the 2008 WHL Bantam Draft by the Moose Jaw Warriors and then selected in the second round, 46th overall of the 2011 NHL Entry Draft. Uh, never playing a whole season in the NHL, Edmondson now has his name engraved on the Stanley Cup. Probably one of the greater storylines here. Number seven, Patrick Maroon, uh, took a pay cut and signed with the Blues on July 10th to be closer with his son, Anthony. Uh, blue, uh, blues player Patrick Maroon scored the overtime goal in Game 7 versus Stars. To advance on to round three, uh, he's a hometown native and great for uh, Pat Maroon there. Number nine, Sammy Blaze missed the Blues' final cut in 2017 and was reassigned to the San Antonio Rampage. Last year on May 5th, 2019, he played his first NHL playoff game and scored in his first NHL playoff game, scoring his first playoff goal in a 4-1 victory over the Dallas Stars. Uh, number 10, Braden Shen, after a career last season in his first year with the St. Louis Blues, Shen struggled this year with uh, varying goals in the back of the net, but ultimately scored an important goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals with the scoring the third goal. So uh, great for Saskatoon native uh, Braden Shen. Yeah, I saw he was pretty pumped on, on Twitter last night. He, he tweeted out, uh, Saskatoon better be partying for me. Exactly, yeah. Basically, I thought that was kind of kind of showed personality. I, I love that. Good for him. Uh, number 12, Zach Sanford, was traded from the Capitals to the Blues in 2017. Sanford won the Stanley Cup against his hometown team, the Boston Bruins, and scored the fourth goal in Game 7, uh, which was his first, first career playoff goal. Uh, this is probably one of the sadder ones here. Uh, number 17, James Schwartz, uh, losing his sister back in 2011. Uh, his sister's name was Mandy, and um, this year he struggled all year long, so we're going now to 2019. Uh, Schwartz struggled uh, getting points, even getting assists, getting goals. Uh, but he battled back in the playoffs very, very strong, and he led the Blues in uh, goal scoring this uh, playoff. So great for Jane Schwartz. Uh, we mentioned, I think, I guess three episodes ago, that Jane Schwartz uh, could have beat Brett Hall's record of 14 goals in a playoff run, but he obviously didn't. But again, he has his name engraved on the Stanley Cup. Who cares about that stat? He was pretty close to beating that, that stat, though. Uh, 12 goals. He, yeah, he didn't score in he the did. finals, but... Yeah, I was going to say, like, he, he had 12 goals in the first three rounds, not the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he had 20 points, by the way, in the in the Cup Finals. I think we mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Number 19, Jay Bomeister was drafted third overall back in 2002 by the Florida Panthers. Uh, his journey to the NHL playoffs came in his first year with the Blues back in 2013. He's been knocked down for being old, slow, and not uh, an offensive-minded defenseman. He doesn't really put up points, but he's been a calm leader for the Blues in their big cup run. Number 20, Alex Steen, the 35-year-old old, the 35-year-old Swede, was traded early in his career to the Blues from the Toronto Maple Leafs and one of the best trades in Maple Leafs franchise history. Luck God, man. For Lee Stepniak, awesome player. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Alex Steen made himself into a true leader and a core piece for the Blues. Uh, through 11 seasons in his NHL career. He's the assistant captain, and now he has his name engraved 
on the Stanley Cup as well. Moving on to number 21, another former Toronto Leaf, Toronto Maple Leaf, Tyler Bozak. After nine tough, scrutinizing seasons with the Maple Leafs, Tyler Bozak signed a contract with the St. Louis Blues on July 1st of 2018 last summer, which was the best decision of his NHL career because now he has a Stanley Cup under his name. Good for him. And you know what's like, okay, if you went back in time, I know we're going a bit off topic, but if you went back in time, I don't know, five years ago, and you told Phil Castle and Tyler Bozak that, hey, you guys are going to be Stanley Cup champions, they'd be like, they'd just laugh their ass off. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're both. That's a good point. They're both like, again, like I'm going back to the word, they're both scrutinized in Toronto for being, they're not the top of the level, especially Tyler Bozak. He was scrutinized through his whole career here. Uh, you're not a number one center. You're never going to be a number one center. Uh, he obviously isn't, but he was a great part in the Blues um, Stanley Cup. He was a third line center for them, and he got his job done. He won the faceoff. He, he scored the goals that he needed to do, and obviously he signed for a reason, and he did that in the Stanley Cup Finals. So good for Tyler Bozak. Um, again, another sad one to start it off, um, but eventually he was a Stanley Cup champion. Their captain, Alexander Petrangelo, can't say enough about his play on the ice. Uh, he's born and raised from King City, Ontario, um, Toronto as well. Uh, as a child, Petrangelo's uh, friend actually died from cancer. And as an adult, his niece was diagnosed with uh, Wilbs tumor, uh, but did survive. So thankfully for that. Um, but then tragic news two years ago, um, in June 2017, he and his wife lost a son due to complications with pregnancy. Um, you never want to hear about that. And you never want to wish upon a player like that to, for them that, that thing to happen. Uh, but then the great heartwarming news last year came. They gave birth to triplets in July 2018, which is, that's, what are the odds about that? You lose a, um, you lose a stillborn and then you gain three more kids in one birth. So that's pretty cool for Alexander Petrangelo and his wife. Uh, but going on to the hockey news, um, he was named captain of the St. Louis Blues back in 2016. And this year was a hard year for Petrangelo. He was rumored to be dealt to his hometown team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, back in December of 2018 due to his lack of leadership and his play with no point production. Uh, but then he went on a tear and led the Blues decor in points in the playoffs. And he's the first captain in St. Louis Blues history to lift up the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's, that's another great story as well. Um, number 29, Vince Dunn. Played in the St. Louis's first games, first 16 playoff games, uh, and has been sidelined since, taking a puck in the face of Game Three of the Western Conference Finals against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, but he ended up playing in the Blues' final four games to win the Cup at age 22. So a young stud, and he he's on the Stanley Cup now. Yeah, I think he's the, actually the youngest player. Well, besides um, uh, Robert Thomas, Bennington. but he no Robert Thomas. Uh, Isn't Bennington 22 as well? Bennington's actually 25. Is he? Yes. I thought he was younger. No, and we'll mention, you're going to actually mention that uh, after I mention uh, number 49, Ivan Barbashev. And um, he was selected 33, 33rd overall in the 2014 draft by the Blues. This is a weird one, man. Um, a month later, in July of 2014, he was actually married at the age of 19. The Russian-born player, Ivan Barbashev, married at age 19. That's crazy. And years later, he would become a huge part of the Blues' fourth line and obviously Stanley Cup champion. Number 50, Jordan Bennington from Richmond Hill and Toronto, Ontario. He was basically an unknown player since 2013 World Juniors until now. 
He was called up by the Blues in January, where he went on a complete heater and paved the way for the Blues and led them to the Stanley Cup playoffs and now a Stanley Cup victory. So yeah, exactly. That that's that's like man, there's so many good stories here. Uh, we're almost done, so stick with us. Yeah, uh, number 55, Colton Pareko, a smart young kid. Pareko has a degree in business, actually. Uh, he's going to continue that after his NHL career. Uh, he was close with another great storyline for the Blues, Layla Anderson, uh, throughout the whole run of the playoffs, and that made him stronger as a player and better as a player. And that, and he was a huge factor for the Blues' decor throughout the whole playoffs. Yeah, I saw that uh, there was a video going around on social media of yeah. Pareko and Layla Anderson hoisting the cup together so that was that was amazing that was again like there's just so many great stories for the st louis blues um moving on though number 57 david Perron. after losing in the finals last year with vegas he got the chance to have his third stint with the st louis blues david Perron recorded 46 points in 57 games this season and he was a huge impact in winning his first ever cup uh number 70 oscar sunquist after beginning the season as a victim of Tom Wilson's headshot, in which led he got suspended 20 games, Tom Wilson. Uh, Sunquist was also a huge part in the Blues' fourth line all year and obviously in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Number 90, Ryan O'Reilly. He was charged with impaired driving following an incident in which the pickup truck he was driving was involved in a motor vehicle accident at Tim Horton's drive through back in 2015. Last season, he fell out of love with the sport, uh, quote, of ice hockey after another losing year in his career. He was traded to the Blues on July 1st, 2018, and thus emerging from the Blues' best player in the regular season and winning the Conn Smythe Award. So that was, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Well. Yeah, that there's, man, like I could say, there's like at least five stories here. I could say that <laughs> they're my favorite. Um, and the last player on the Blues lineup last night. Uh, probably one of their biggest players in their franchise uh, since he was drafted. Number 91, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Tarasenko's uh, personal life is actually very interesting. Uh, he has an 11-year-old son. He has a 3-year-old son and now has a newborn uh, son, I think son, which was born on June 7th, 2019. So that was during the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, he actually missed the morning skate. I think, I think it was game 3 or 4 of the finals. So he missed that in order to see the birth of his son. Um, it gave the Russian a lot of motivation to win the Stanley Cup, and it's reminding a lot of like Toronto's fans that were watching the game. of reminds, reminds them of Fred Van Fleet when his uh, son was born. So, yeah, that, get, that definitely gave Vladimir Tarasenko a boost. And, yeah, they're all Stanley Cup champions. They're all unique stories, which is incredible. I think this St. Louis Blue team has to have one of the best storylines and unique storylines in Stanley Cup uh, wins history. So uh, good for That's for sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you want to read more about it, Thomas is probably going to be publishing this into an article on the breakdownsports.com. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Unfortunately, by the way, our Twitter's down, so you won't actually get an update from our Twitter account yeah. due to copyright infringement. It's not uh, – we didn't actually copyright anything, but uh, we, we shared a video of someone – I think someone just like basically took a, a video of their TV screen or something of like a goal or like some highlight and we ended up sharing it on Twitter and basically everyone that ended up sharing that video got booked by FIFA for copyright infringement. So shout out FIFA for 
ruining our Twitter account. We hopefully that'll get back up and running soon. Uh, but yeah, keep your eye out for uh, the the blue storyline article that that'll probably be coming out. Uh, I think that's enough talk for the Stanley Cup Finals. Actually, yeah. I, let's just talk about Battle of the Buds for a quick second. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. know I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but yep. I won the regular season Battle of the Buds this year. And now after the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup last night, I won the playoff Battle of the Buds by one. I, my record was 6-9, and nine, and Thomas's record was 5-10. and ten. So it all came down to the Stanley Cup. And game, thankfully, man. thankfully I won. Yeah, exactly. Like couldn't, have, couldn't have been a better situation. I just want to mention though, man, we were shit in the first round. <laughs> we were, we were both one in seven in the first round. Um, I think I had Boston. I, I predicted Boston to win against the Leafs in the first round and you had I Vegas, San, San Jose. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was San Jose. Um, anyways, but since I guess after the first round, we really turned things around. I was, uh, I think I was five and two, and you were four, four and three, I believe. So we we turned things around, thankfully, because that would have been embarrassing if uh, we had negative records in every single round of the NHL playoffs. Anyways, that's it for Stanley Cup talk. Let's move on to hockey news, Thomas. Quick little ad here for everyone. If you're looking for a new fantasy draft to try this summer, check out ASLDraft.com. This is an all-sports league, and it's a draft unlike any other. It's a 16-round snake draft where you select two teams in eight major sports, any team, any time, for a league that lasts and gives you a rooting interest all year round. There's no lineups to set, no salaries to figure out, just a fun draft for big sports fans, and everyone can play it. Again, that's ASL draft.com we think it's a great idea to go um join them at asldraft.com so go check them out and see how the all sports league works again that's asldraft.com and of course we have a promo code for you uh use our code breakdown spelled b-r-k-d-w-n in all caps and you'll get ten dollars off your uh, entry for asldraft.com. You talk about Rick Nash here, Thomas. Yeah, we don't have a lot of hockey news. There hasn't been a lot of hockey news. It's been about the Stanley Cup final for the majority of the last week. Uh, but Rick Nash was named special assistant to the Columbus Blue Jackets general manager, Yarmo Kekalainen, on Thursday. So today, obviously, uh, that's big news for Rick Nash. He's going to be back uh, into the hockey world after he retired last season uh, abruptly. So great for Rick Nash. Um, very excited to see him back in the hockey world as an assistant to the general manager. And a quote by uh, the GM, uh, Jarmo Kekalainen. Rick is the most decorated player in a Blue Jackets franchise history and was one of the game's most respected players during a career that included multiple All-Star games, Olympic and World Championship gold medals, and a Stanley Cup Finals appearance, Kekalainen said. He cares deeply about the Blue Jackets and the city of Columbus and will be a great addition to our organization. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that move. Uh, Rick Nash, I mean, Kekalainen literally said it in that quote. Uh, he He's basically, he's definitely the m- most well-known Blue Jacket of all time and obviously the most decorated player in their franchise history. So good move by, by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's move on to the NHL draft uh, order finalization. Uh, the NHL draft, if you know or may not know, 
it's happening uh, next next Friday, two days after, or yeah, two days after the NHL awards. Um, but we we have the draft order here in front of us. Uh, let's just mention the first ten teams, and then there's multiple teams who have yeah two, uh, two first round picks. Yeah, so let's start off with number one. Uh, we most of us already knew this. If not, uh, the New Jersey Devils have the first pick in the draft. Then heading on to number two, the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Chicago Blackhawks. Number four could have been the Ottawa Senators, but they traded yeah. that pick away to the Colorado Avalanche. Number five is the Los Angeles Kings. Six is the the Detroit Red Wings. Seven is the Buffalo Sabres. Eight is the Edmonton Oilers. Nine is the Anaheim Ducks. Ten is the Vancouver Canucks, who are hosting the NHL draft, by the way. Yes. Uh, teams that have two picks in this draft. There's a handful of them. So let's start off with the Rangers. They have the second pick, obviously. Yes. And the 20th pick in the first round. Um, another team who has multiple picks. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings have two picks, so they have their fifth overall pick in the draft, and they have the Maple Leafs' uh, 22nd overall pick. That was the trade for, obviously, Jake Muzzin. Uh, in the season and the Buffalo Sabres have the seventh overall pick and the 31st from the St. Louis blues Stanley cup champions. Yep. And then the Anaheim ducks have as well as two picks. They have the ninth overall selection and the 29th overall selection. So that's a weird one because the Anaheim ducks. Um, so the Buffalo Sabres traded for or traded away Evander Kane to the San Jose sharks. Then um, the Buffalo Sabres traded the 20 that pick that's going to the Anaheim Ducks for Brandon Montour. So they the Buffalo Sabres traded San Jose's pick to the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, and I think uh if you think about it, all these teams uh that have multiple picks in the first round here, uh, the Rangers, Kings, Sabres, and Ducks, they've been like they honestly they've been basically the bottom teams the last last season or two. Uh definitely this past season. But I think in the next, like, maybe, what do you think, like, four or five years, Thomas, they'll probably be back at the top. I know they have a lot of young prospects coming in, all these teams. Um, So we could expect a turning point within the next few seasons. Maybe we'll see a flip in the NHL standings, and some of these teams will be making playoffs in the next, next few years. Well, yeah, that's the goal. When you rebuild, you hope for success in the coming years. Uh, I actually wrote an article about the Anaheim Ducks and their young core and not how they can surprise uh, like the New York Rangers, which I think they will do, the Rangers. The Islanders, you mean? uh, The Rangers. Oh, sorry. I thought you were comparing the Ducks. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, Andrew. (laughs) It's okay. Um, No, so I think the Anaheim Ducks have a lot of uh, great young talent, and they obviously do. Uh, They have guys like Troy Terry, Brandon Gooley, um, more players like Isaac Lundestrom, uh, Nate, you name it, Daniel Sprong. So I think those players are definitely going to make an impact next year, and they definitely should all play. So go check that article out on thebreakdownsports.com. Uh, it's about the Anaheim Ducks, and if you're an Anaheim Ducks fan or an NHL fan, just read up on some teams that could surprise next season and could have, make a lot of impact in the future with their young talent. I think that's really all all we have to talk about today. Um, just some last words before we, we sign off here. Um, just because... The NHL season is now over and the Blues have won the Stanley Cup. That doesn't mean that our podcast is going to stop. We are going to have multiple guests most likely coming on to our podcast uh, over the summer. 
Um, there's still a lot to talk about. We have we're gonna have an NHL awards preview coming out on. We're gonna record it and release it on Monday yep. before the NHL awards, which happen on Wednesday next week. Um, and also next week is the NHL draft. So after yes. the NHL draft, which happens on Friday, we'll yep. probably record. We're we still need to figure out a day to record. No, we're not. We'll do um a recap, sorry, yeah, recap for the sorry, NHL recap, draft. Yeah. yeah. We could kind of do a little bit of a preview in our NHL awards preview. Yeah, at the end, if you want. Yeah, we could like combine those two. Um, so keep an eye out for those episodes, which will be coming out within the next week and a half-ish. Uh, and there's still going to be a lot to talk about, obviously, with uh, July 1st coming up. Lots of contract talk, lots of, yes. lots of trade rumor talk. And then, obviously... Sooner or later, or I mean, sooner um, than you know it, it'll be yeah. training camp. So yeah. we'll we'll be talking about um, next season, basically, and making some predictions there. If I have some last words here, I just want to say that it's been an incredible uh, 2018-19 NHL season, I think, in my opinion. Lots of surprises, although my team didn't get to where they wanted to go, uh, or out of the first round, actually. Uh, it was a fun year to watch and a fun year in fantasy fun year in the playoffs um so i'm definitely thankful for that that happened this year and also i know we can't really engage right now on twitter because our account is suspended but if you have any ideas for future episodes throughout the off season because it there's no surprise it could get boring throughout the off season there could be no news or whatever we're going to talk about put out some, some ideas on facebook or I don't know, wherever you want. Like, we're going to post on our, our personal account. So if you don't follow us already, follow me at ThomasFessio15 on Twitter. Uh, what's yours, Flager, again? Uh, I'm at AJFlags. So A-J-F-L-E-G-S. Yes. Yeah, so, again, if you don't follow us already, follow us now because our podcast will most likely be posted on Twitter through our personal accounts. So if you have any ideas for any future episodes, you want us to talk about stuff or, I don't know, games or quizzes or whatever you want go to twitter um comment on our tweets and we'll definitely consider or do these uh, ideas you have for us so we're thankful for that as well um yeah that's all i have to mention through uh that's now yeah that's it yeah those creative episodes i guess you could call them won't be happening probably until most likely after free july yeah like after free agent frenzy yeah. Uh, so that'll like probably throughout the month of July and month of August, uh, th- those episodes will be coming out. So that'll be a nice change for for our listeners. That's for sure. And again, Twitter suspended. <laughs> you can't really follow us now on there. But follow our personal accounts. Go back about like twenty seconds. Just remember our ads and yeah, just whatever. Just follow us. Um, we are. Go ahead. We are temporarily using uh, the breakdown esports. Um, account to tweet some sports content uh, that could if we don't get our the breakdown sports twitter account back we will be using the esports account as our full-time breakdown sports account because our esports division uh, is no longer existing in, yeah it doesn't exist anymore basically so so we'll, we'll be taking that account over so you could tweet us tweet to us there. yeah or tweet yeah yeah exactly yep tweet us there if you don't follow it already and do you have any more to say? 
Go Raptors. Game seven tonight. Oh. Or I mean game six tonight. <laughs> game my bad. Six. Whoa, 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 whoa. Player, <laughs> did you just Oh no. We could get game seven because players. No, no, no. I don't want a game seven, man. I need them to end it tonight. Yeah, Raptors play tonight, so go Raps. Uh could be their first championship. Uh yeah, so we'll we'll definitely record that episode on Monday night about the NHL Awards, so stay tuned for that. Uh that's all we have today from the Stanley Cup final and season, basically season preview or recap of the NHL season. As always, I'm Thomas Sessio and alongside me is Andrew Flager and we will chat with you next Monday for NHL Awards preview.